Hello and welcome to OperaCast. Cardiff, singer of the world special. We've just watched heat four of this year's competition, the final heat. Uh, my name's David Ward. I was joined this evening by the soprano Lorna James. Hello, Lorna. And good evening to you. Thank you very much for, for joining me for this this final heat. A really, really interesting heat. Um, we'll go into uh, each of the competitors and the results in a moment. But first of all, I'm going to hand over to Dame Kerry uh, for the winner of tonight's heat and also the wildcard entry that the jury chose. And I think it's worth just remembering in that context that this is the Cardiff singer of the world, not the Cardiff voice of the world. And we can all think back and remember some great artists who've made great careers, not necessarily with the most wonderful raw material. Uh, And so this is the balance that we together try to find. So for the other three evenings, I'm just going to remind you of those names. Minjay Lee, Patrick Getty, and Andre Kimach. To join them, the winner of this evening's section is Sunji Sunji. And now I feel I must announce the wild card. This is a wonderful and thrilling surprise to have this wonderful person, Guadalupe Barrientos. So as we heard there, it was Su Yun Lee from South Korea who was the winner of tonight's heat and Guadalupe Barrientos, the mezzo from Argentina, um, who was in heat three, who went through as the wild card choice. A very interesting selection. Um, let's just start off with the winner, Su Yun Lee. Um, very, very interesting, I said, kind of heat all round, um, mainly because Su Yun's choice was just to do the one song, uh, the the Lucia, the mad scene from Lucia. Was she a worthy winner? I think it was um, an interesting choice for sure. I think it was a very bold decision to do the mad scene as as uh, the only piece that she offered the judges. And it paid off, obviously. I think they were really blown away by that. Um, one has to show amazing stamina to get through the entire scene. Uh, obviously, normally singers in this competition maybe presenting three four five pieces can stop go and have a drink of water collect their thoughts so she obviously demonstrated a lot of different skills by offering them uh the the mad scene um it was a good voice Uh, i don't know if it it i'm definitely sensing it (laughs) (laughs) it's not sort of a glowing praise that you're sort of i know i'm such an awful um, singer for just you know um being so i think the problem is that when you've got a competition you know look, we just watched it we had a favorite and we when did. the favorite doesn't come through instantly you become that just a little bit defensive you do because i've never met the person that we thought was our favorite and suddenly i feel like i need to defend them entirely with my body and soul and just you know no you made the wrong choice no i don't think they made the wrong choice that's a very um strong thing to say i absolutely think she was a worthy winner uh, wouldn't have been my favorite um i i wasn't convinced that she took quite enough risks with it hmm. uh, i think if you're going to present something like the mad scene um you've just really got to go for it you've got to sutherland it up um and i'm not sure she did yeah no i i completely agree and we will we'll come on to talk about her a bit more um later but actually just before we we do so it was really interesting last night david poutney came on before the result was announced and said you know i think we all know who this is going to be and it, and it ended up being the um the, the the baritone from 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 russia um tonight he came on and said now let's remember that this is cardiff singer of the world not voice of the sure. world he was sort of getting us ready for 
an unexpected result. And therefore the winner is this cat that I've just met backstage or something. I don't know. It was quite strange, wasn't it, that he he worked that up so much? It's, he's like he's wanting to give us the reasoning, but we don't understand what that reasoning's supposed to be. No. What did he mean? What does what does you know singer mean? Not not voice. Um, the overall performance, I, I guess, maybe is what he was going for with that that it's not just uh um the voice that you might hear on a recording that it's the whole package it's it's how the singer presents themselves it's the acting it's the i i, I'm, I was a bit lost with that comment if i'm yeah, honest we, we, even if that is the case that still makes it for me an an interesting choice but let's come sure. back on to, to her in let's a minute let's not get ahead of ourselves no so we kicked off the evening with the tenor uh, Luis gomez from portugal like many of the other heats, it was a steady start. Um, he was clearly very passionate in the VT beforehand. He just said how delighted he was to be there. <laughs> and again, not wanting to be mean, but I'm pleased he had a lovely time. I'm very, very happy that he had a lovely time. And you could tell. You could tell you that could he tell had that a the passion time. came through. You know, so in absolutely. spades. In, in spades. spades. Uh, we kicked off with the, the Donatello, the Lucia. We've, we've heard so much Lucia over the past, the, the past few days. Um, for me, lots of passion, yes, but he was he was pushing it quite a lot, trying a little bit hard with all those sort of um, Italianisms. Um, and I thought even kind of a couple of minutes in, he's going to wear himself out by I the I wasn't of the sure set. whether he would last the 20 minutes uh, that he was allocated. Yeah, because it was, it was a lot of, there was a fair bit of over-singing. Um, uh, it was a, I'm going to say something now which will come back to haunt me <laughs> later in this conversation. It was too unpolished for me. Um, I'm going to put my hands up and say that that will definitely come back to haunt me when we talk about singers later down the line. But for me, it was just, it was too rough around the edges. Yeah. Um, and we've got a lot to say about some of the other singers. So we're just going to brush over Lewis a little bit. Lots of passion. He went on to the, the Romeo and Juliet, the, the Guno. Um, I think for me, again, simply too many of the lines were just sort of sung loudly at us. Um, as you said, a, a bit unrefined, enjoying his time there yeah absolutely there were some money notes which which weren't um completely achieved i think which was which was um probably quite frustrating for him <laughs> but uh the, you know when you present a piece which has got so many kind of hard-hitting notes in it would be like singing the aria with nine topsies and and getting seven of them you know it, once you've made that decision there's money notes and they really they've really got to be secure and i'm yeah. not sure they were yeah um it was nice that the the set was ended by um something a little bit uh, different the thorothabal um i quite liked it again when he gave us something a little bit softer but instantly he would sort of try and sort of tenor at us again he'd instantly sort of go back into that loud default which i thought was a great shame to kind of just sure i think he has studied by listening to a lot of Pavarotti recordings i think that's probably um um i hope not too unfair i mean if you're going to study anybody great he's not a bad person to study. um but I, there was um there was a lot of that it was very italian very passionate very loud um, and there wasn't enough light and shade in there for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so Lewis was our first entrant. Next up came the eventual winner, Su Yun Lee from South Korea, the soprano. So she, unlike anyone else in the competition, just picked the one piece, the the, the mad scene from, uh, again, Lucia. Um, what I tried to do was actually not kind of write too much down, but actually just kind of try and take in that whole almost kind of 20-minute performance, really try and understand why has she chosen to do this when quite clearly so many others decided that that the one piece option is rather sort of the nuclear option and i completely agree with you lorna if you're going to do something like this for me you've got to absolutely nail it um and i just don't think she did it had its very beautiful moments there's a very beautiful voice there um 
but there were just there was there were so many bits of it that just that didn't that didn't quite come off. It, it felt as though it was a really kind of well thought through performance, but she didn't quite have the 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 chops to carry all the different bits off. Yeah, I think the interesting thing, especially going back to the comment about the Cardiff singer of the world, not the Cardiff voice of the world, because the thing I'd written down um, about Suyun's performance was that for me, it was too much about the voice and it wasn't enough of a performance. Um, I wrote down... Uh, well, that's interesting because I think I disagree. I think there was a lovely voice there that had that still needed a bit of work, but actually I thought the whole performance was very clearly thought through. I think that's the thing. It was thought through and it was very polished um, the thing I wrote down, the thing that, that, that came to mind when I was watching it, um, I one of my favourite pieces of orchestral music is Elgar's Cello Concerto. And obviously there are many, many recordings of it. And my favourite um, is the Barenboim conducting Jacqueline Dupre playing it. Now, in the same way that sometimes listening to recordings of Maria Callas, um, you know, it's not a polished sound. Um, She's got the complete opposite of Callas, but you... Yeah. Yeah, I know but, what you but mean. Jacqueline yeah. Dupre kind of playing the Cello Concerto, there are notes that are out of time, there are notes that are out of tune there are notes that are you know she takes risks and she really pushes herself in that performance of, of the cello concerto and other um acting singers do the same thing um and you take risks and as a result sometimes things go a bit wrong and sometimes things are a little bit out of tune or a little bit um you know on edge mm. and i wanted more of that mm. because it's a mad scene you know, it's not that she's standing there and singing a really poised Shana before the heroine of the opera goes and saves the day or something. Mm. It's not that. Um, and I just wanted... It was it was almost too polished, too perfect, too... Um, yeah, I think I, was, I think for me watching all of this, I was thinking, you know, what what I kind of want is a is a guild or it's, it's something it's something like that. It's not. Mm. I was I wasn't kind of as you say, kind of getting the the, the mad. I wasn't Lucia. getting there, no, no. I mean, maybe what they were kind of thinking from the, the choice, and they clearly wanted to come out and explain it to us. <laughs> explain in, in it to us. In detail, if possible, yeah. Is that there were, you know, there's 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 so much good in it, and no, it wasn't, you know, quite the kind of the, the polish, but maybe what they kind of meant is that we see all of the pieces here that can that can give us something in the future. Yeah. Um, But I think, you know, it... It's um, not an affront to us, it's not what I mean. But if you kind of come and do the one piece, you're quite clearly saying, I'm going to give me. you something special. Yeah, yeah, this is me. I'm going to give you something special. And maybe again, that's why we're being overly critical because it almost kind of, it felt like, you know, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what you're going to do, right? Absolutely. Then, you know, let's but, see what but you've got. By making that choice, they they have to be aware that that's how people's reaction. You know, if you go into an audition and you sing something that, that has... Um, something attached to it, a, 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 an, a, an attitude, a history, a context attached to it. You know what what you're communicating to yeah. your panel. But I think something we often talk about with with singers, and we've said it in the the past couple of days, is you know we want kind of bravery in them. And, and in one way, you're saying that she it was too, it was kind of too polished in a way. It wasn't brave enough to take some of those choices to take away the polish. But in another way, this is a very brave choice to bring it to us absolutely so perhaps it was celebrating the bravery when there were some singers today and other days that have gone safer and not not succeeded yeah absolutely um so yeah if you've uh if you've got very different thoughts i know a lot of people loved her quite clearly the jury did um <laughs> do do get in touch and let us know what, what you thought um we moved on to roman Arndt from russia the the tenor next um this was a a very different program. Three pieces he was quite comfortable with, well within his sort yeah. of zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a very standard uh, program, and also, in the nicest possible way, a very sort of competent 
yeah. performance. Nice tone, nice middle tone. Nothing particularly special about it. Nothing particularly special in the way you brought through to the audience. But all of them, you would sort of give it a, a 7 out of 10. It was safe. But I've almost I, forgotten I, I who he is. A little, it was a little safe. Um, I wrote, I, lo- I actually loved Zelensky, which uh, when, it, when, try that again. I actually loved Zelensky and I was worried that I wouldn't because I hadn't particularly loved the Guno. And so when he, you know, it was going to be Zelensky, I thought, gosh, I really hope this is going to be okay because I really love this aria. And it was, it was lovely. It was, it was a, a more than passable Lensky. And I just thought, but it's a Russian tenor singing Lensky. So I don't want to be too unkind to him, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> if a Russian tenor can't sing Lensky well, um, probably shouldn't be in this competition. So I, perhaps that speaks less than I might otherwise do so um but it was it was fine the Traviata for me wasn't nuanced enough I love that piece I love Traviata it's one of my favorite operas and uh he didn't do quite enough with that for me yeah I would completely agree with everything you said I think he warmed up nicely through the set we started with the the Guno the Faust we went through to the the Onyegin the Tchaikovsky um I agree probably his most sex, uh, successful performance and then we finished with uh, the the Traviata but again, none of the pieces, especially Traviata, they just didn't they didn't have those magic moments. No, there's this bit in the Traviata where um Alfredo is singing, you know, Vivo quasi in chell, I would I would live almost in heaven. I you know and and the way that your kind of Pavarotti's sing that is that they <laughs> almost kind of do it as Parlando, they're kind of Vivo quasi in chell, you know, and it's it's so off the voice and risk taking again, there it is again. Yeah. Um yeah. and he just kinda of drove through the go no. no. But I think if you were putting together sort of a you know, a football squad of singers, he'd be a very sturdy sort of squad option, wouldn't he? Sure, I know nothing about football, but I'm going to go yes and take your word for that. But, you know, you'd you'd have him him off the bench if you needed to, or, you know... like a reliable, Precisely, a rival good good hand. Is that really unkind? Hanging around. Squad player. Oh, gosh. Um, We then moved on to a really, really interesting exciting and raw performer in a way when he stepped on and said you know we're looking for voice not singer we're going to go you know we're almost going to go for a bit of a fun option i it was leading up to this i wondered yeah. if it was going to be adriana gonzalez from guatemala the first guatemala never in kind of singer of the world only 27 as she was coming on stage i think her words were cool let's rock yeah she was great She's like let's rock this let's go fantastic um, statement kind yeah. of blazing pink dress yeah um, and she gave us two pieces we started with uh, the carmen the bizet and then we went on to um rake's progress no word from tom which we also heard from lauren fagan a couple of days ago and um, overall what, what was your impression of, of adriana this is where my comment from earlier is going to come back and haunt me because i enjoyed <laughs> her unrefinedness I enjoyed the fact that it it wasn't as polished. I enjoyed the fact that she came out, she loved singing, she sang some stuff, she sang it well, and she just went, right, there we go, that's me, and then it was, she left. It was quite kind of mic drop, wasn't it? It was, like, it was a mic boom. drop. It was the mic drop of the Cardiff singer. Of the, I loved it. Um, and I wrote down for the Carmen, she's not afraid to take breaths. That's a thing that you see in so many, I mean, none of these people are young singers, but when you kind of go back to people coming through college, yeah. it's At all 27, about... so many people are still yeah. at that stage, aren't they? Absolutely. They're still at college and here she is. You know. Exactly that. And she she took a breath when she needed to and it's the simplest thing but a lot of singers don't do it we have it kind of programmed in us that we've got to be able to sing as much as we can on one breath uh, you know only only take breaths when you need to make it super efficient and she breathed in places that you know i i sing this aria and she breathed in different places from me and and i i was really pleased to see that because it's a lovely 
um, example to be setting for younger singers. Mm. And I think we would probably come across quite contradictory over the past few days. You know, <laughs> we say we want a great tone, but then we want people to vary it. We say we want very polished performances, but then we love it when they sort of rip it apart. I just want a moon on a stick. Precisely. <laughs> but I don't... Again, what we're looking at here is Cardiff Singer of the World. And what great artists do is they have everything at their disposal that they can use. So they can go, look, here I'm going to give you the purest of tone that I can. Here I'm going to rip something up and I'm going to do it deliberately. Yes. Um, And okay, sometimes, you know, those kind of people are once in a generation, but that's what we're looking for. We're looking at people that we can just trust um, to give us something extraordinary and they're going to know at which places they can move around and they can vary and they can change. Um, For me, Adriana had a lot of those raw ingredients. Um but it kind of went a bit too far. She's quite clearly got lots of voice. She loves using it. Um, But for me, she could have worked out moments to use it in a bit more of a refined way. The Carmen was big and ballsy, but it could have had more moments of refinement. Uh, The Rake's Progress, again, there was just some moments where she was like, here's my big voice. And I think... I'm going to sing a forte top C now. Because... Here it is. Yeah, for that, you know, to hell with it. And it was great. And it was a forte top C. Yeah. Um, But especially in in this song, which is such a journey, there are so many kind of different parts of it emotionally and and kind of lyrically, um, that to be able to kind of pace it and make those judgments is so difficult. And there were just so many moments where I thought, oh, I'm not quite getting how we got from... Yes, a to, a to B here. Change, um, yeah. But some really interesting things in there. A lovely bottom of the range, really um, lovely, really strong, um, and again a really impassioned um, performer. But for me, there was too much um, rawness, too much that, that needed refining about it. But someone who is really exciting, really exciting. And I think the thing with with a, a voice which is raw and powerful and and punchy. The beauty of those voices is when you can take it back. As you were yeah. saying, with the singers that have everything in their arsenal and they can just kind of pick little bits um, and kind of go, actually, here, I'm just going to put in a little cheeky bit of that. There was a moment at the end of the Carmen, and I, and I really enjoyed the Carmen. Michaela is a really ballsy character. She can be played really kind of weak. Can be horrible, can't it, Michaela? Yeah, really so kind sickly. Of, oh, you know, oh, why was me? me. Um, and I love the, a, a kind of more ballsy interpretation of the character. For me, when she got to the end, it's it's ultimately still a prayer. People have to remember that about that aria. Um, she is still praying that God will support her in this incredibly scary thing she's about to encounter. And right at the end, she sings the word Seigneur. And um, in the score is written a messa di voce. She's meant to start pianissimo, go quite loud, go back to pianissimo, and then finish the note. And it's on a pause. It's not, you know, singers taking the mic, like in, <laughs> you know, the Vincero in Nessun Dorma, where there's no pause in the score at all. Uh, it is in the score, and you're meant to kind of develop on it as you're kind of fervently praying that God will support you in this. And she just kind of plowed through it. And I went, <laughs> oh no! You know, I was really hoping that she would just rein it <laughs> At in. At least pick that, that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that was a real shame for me, that kind of, oh, you know, drop the ball a bit there. Yeah. But from from before she came on stage to after we we loved we loved her Adria we would have, we did I would love to have seen what she would have brought to the final it would have been gutsy and ballsy it would know? have been it would have shaken it it up would have really and... sh- shook up some of the yeah. men that have got through <laughs> it would have I would love to see Andre the the gentleman that got through yesterday put up against Adriana that would have been a real meeting of <laughs> meeting of minds beautiful um and we alluded to it earlier but. Uh, that the final person, um, Jorge Espino from Mexico, the baritone, 
Uh, I think he was both of our favourites, wasn't he? Yes. And um, <laughs> when he started singing, when we heard his warm up, because I'd kind of fallen a little bit in love with Adriana. And so when he started singing, I kind of went, oh, there's another man through to the final. And <laughs> I was really excited with the idea that this woman with her bright fuchsia dress and her kind of mic drop attitude might make it through to the final. Because as far as I was concerned, by that point, she was my favourite. And then, um, and then this amazing voice landed in in slot number five. Yeah, well, he started with uh, the Onyegin. Um, I just wrote down, oh, I like him very much. Oh, I like him very much. Um, I like that. Very similar to Leonardo from South Korea, the baritone, a couple of days ago. Again, as soon as the baton went down, he was in character. Yeah. You know, we we could this could have been a concert performance of the the opera. You know, we were right, we were right in there. Mm. A great impact, a great firm baritone, and I think this actually for me again was one of the best whole programs put together similar to Katie Bray yesterday great variety um, and you know kind of a big firm start that varied in the middle and that ended on a real punch mm. um, but again actually like Katie as well probably had one of the four pieces that was slightly weak and potentially you know that was where the judge's decision was made but mm. we started with a really strong on Yegin. we then went on to the Motsumetsi the uh, love of three kings um, and again I just wrote down it all feels so so natural um, the voice felt natural. All of the acting felt natural. The way that they connected was was wonderful, and I thought he made he seemed to make a really great impression with with this piece. Uh, yeah, I th- I think the um, the Onyegin opener was really uh, a really great choice uh, for him. I wrote down it's the classic audition method of I need to just do something short that I know I could do with my eyes closed because it'll break the ice and it'll get me into the flow, and then I can relax a little bit into my second piece. Yeah. Um, I the, think the same with Katie yesterday when she started with the Kerabino. Sure, was, because that's know. the kind of thing she will have sung a million times before. She could sing it standing on her head with her eyes closed. And it's great. That is a classic kind of singer audition technique. You know, go in with something short and punchy and then, you know, you've, you've broken the ice. You've kind of, um, you're in the room. Everyone's got your, you've got everyone's attention let's do something else now. And so I think that was a really nice starter. And then to go into a piece that I hadn't heard, I don't know the the opera, um, and it was lovely to hear something that I don't know that made me want to know more about it. This evening for me, obviously it's a soprano, I don't know a lot of tenor rep, um, and so there was a lot of things I didn't know um, this evening, and none of the, I, I wasn't particularly inspired to go out and find out more about the things I didn't know <laughs> apart from this piece I thought yeah. well, this is this sounds interesting I kind of want to know more about that and yeah. that's a lovely thing for a, a singer in a competition to be able to inspire in somebody that's watching absolutely com- com- completely took us in um for me if there was a a, a weaker number out of the four it probably was the next one the, the the Don Giovanni um and I think you said at the time Lorna that he really missed a trick here not giving us a, a different kind of tone he really could have delivered this this is sort of the the, the serenade yeah it's a tricky one in the opera because it's Don Giovanni doing what he does best. He's trying to seduce somebody. So, you know, and it's a set piece. It's a, you know, two stanza mandolin accompaniment. He did get bonus marks for giving the mandolin player a, a, an ovation, which I, I did write down. But it's kind of this um, stunning, weird, arioso kind of standalone thing. And it can just go for nothing um, in the opera. And even more so, if you take it out of context, it really can go for nothing. And I feel like that's perhaps what happened here. Um, I feel like I've been spoiled by um, Will Daisley, who who performed the role for Opera North, because his interpretation of that aria um, was 
especially in the second verse, that he really showed Don Giovanni's broken side. And so he was able to sing really quietly and really delicately. And he did this amazing thing as he was singing it where he kind of slid down the wall. And you could see in his face going, I'm really not sure I can do this anymore. And I love that. That's what I want to see from a Don Giovanni. And, and I think, it, as you said, it can turn into a bit of a nothing song, especially in this context, because it's it's very simple. It's lovely. It's lovely. It was very, very simple. And unless you're going to do something, you know, if he'd, if he'd given us it in a beautiful sort of sort of voce or something that would have exactly. just melted us. Instead, it was nice, lyrical, but yeah. it was almost as though he kind of wasted the three minutes. It was a minutes. little bit of a filler, I think. It was, it was a bit of a filler, and that was a, a, sh- a bit of a shame. Yeah. Um, I think it was a really strong finish then. We had um, Ford from, from Verdi's Falstaff. Um, again, instantly into the the, the character. Um, but again, overall, a really strong, impassioned performance. You know, if there's something that we're looking at, again, he's only 27. Um, we had to double check that. That did not sound like a 27-year-old No, he looked voice. like a 27-year-old. Sure, year old. but close your eyes. And, yeah. and it, it, was a, it um, was a really developed voice. Yeah, but, I, you know, again, there were, there, were, there were moments when he was really kind of pushing and you thought, oh, you know, okay, okay let's, just, let's just, you know, kind of give it a, a moment. But... Again, almost again, when keep coming back to it, when when David kind of apparently came up and said, yeah. we're looking at the, you know, the singer, not voice. I thought, OK, so they're going to go for someone who's got so much, but, you know, give them a couple of years and, you know, think what can happen. And that's what I think for, for Jorge. So, again, there was, you know, little, little bits you can kind of pick in there, but such a strong impression. It was so strong. And, and even in the false stuff, you know, there was this rising phrase early on, which started really low and ended in a really solid top note. And every single note was there. And for a young baritone not to have to kind of do some kind of weird covering vowel modification thing on quite a high note is impressive. Mm. You know, that's that's the money notes. That's where he's going to really nail his career. Those kind of those kind of notes there where they just came out. Yeah, you know they didn't seem. Obviously, they were difficult. That's the worst thing for a singer to say. <laughs> just seemed really easy, um, <clears throat> but it seemed effortless, and that's his job. That's that's what he's aiming to do, and he achieved it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, tremendously impressive, and and again, so interesting to 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 compare Adriana and Jorge, two 27 year old singers, two that we were really really impressed with, but in very very different ways. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Adriana had so much kind of that raw talent that was just let loose, whereas he was so polished polished yes and again we're contradicting ourselves again saying that he was so polished and that yeah but we loved that he was that. so polished and that was great <laughs> she wasn't she was unpolished and that was great and that was great um so i'm sorry dear listener if we're <laughs> we're giving you a really kind of contradictory impression of all of this um so i think when the result was announced we sort of took a moment and for me anyway i can understand why um they kind of made the decision over over um su yun lee to kind of go through although it wasn't my personal favorite um what did surprise me a lot more was the wild card choice uh kiri came on stage and um again said that they're going to pick a real wild card option um and i think by that they probably meant someone that might give us something astonishing in the final or someone that might give us uh something not uh, astonishing or astonishing in the wrong ways in the final <laughs> um and it was the the argentine Guadalupe Barrientos, the mezzo from Heat 3 that they uh, chose to go through. In yesterday's pod, uh, Chris said that he could see a reason for Guadalupe going through. Um, She had an astonishing bottom of the range. Again, when you're looking at a wildcard entry, who's got some things not so wonderful, but something about her that you go, oh my word. (laughs) You know, she she was really one of those singers. Um, She opened yesterday, you may remember, um, with the, the masked ball. Where she really showed off the bottom of the range. We had the uh, the the Sanson, 
which was horrendously slow. For me, that was when I kind of put a cross through her name. Um, but then she ended with the fricker. And I think Chris and I both agreed yesterday that in there you could see someone with an astonishing amount of ability and potential. And again, for me, again, thinking about what do you want from a wild card, that was a real performance where you go, wow, I wasn't expecting that. And gosh, think if she gave us three of those, <laughs> what we would have had instead. The question is, what do you want from a wild card? That's exactly the question. Does the wild card have to be the wild card on a property hunting program where the people have said, I want a three bedroom house in suburbia? And, you give and them they a, go, a here's a wild card. Yeah, yeah. It's a castle. Um, <laughs> does it have to be that? Or does it or, or is it just we really wanted them to get through, but they were beaten in their heat? I think that's what we had last time when it was Katrina Morrison, the wild card, who was an absolute consummate polished <laughs> performer um, and she ended up winning the last competition but she's the absolute kind of kind of top you know polished professional kind of thing and I think mm. for her it was very much she just didn't quite get through in the heat but it was enough to go through whereas sure. with Guadalupe I think they've gone let's have a wild card is there someone that could astound us and someone that could really not <laughs> let's have a wild card who knows what's going to happen well you know precisely um, um, but I'd be interested <clears throat> to get your take on this Lorna because we talk about kind of great artists who can give us moments of astonishing inspiration um what do you think is kind of the uh, an artist that you know a company like Opera North or the Royal Opera or whatnot would would hire? Are they looking for an artist that will give an eight out of ten every show, um, or someone that will give you a ten out of ten, but one day might just kind of phone in a five? That's what, what they really, actually wanting from a soloist? I, that's so tricky. But I um, the 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 thing I can relate to most recently with that is Aida, which uh, we have just finished touring, and the all of the soloists. I watch them take risks every single night. And I think what a company is ultimately looking for is a soloist who is reliable. <laughs> Again, moon on a stick. A soloist who is reliable, but will take risks, has the, has the solid base. I think to kind of put it in terms of numbers in the way that you said, I think you're looking for somebody who's a solid eight out of 10 all the time. And then sometimes will just do something a bit bonkers and whack out a 10. And I think that, I don't know, is, is is she an eight all the time? Is she solid enough? Is she kind of reliable enough that even on a bad day, even on a kind of totally bonkers day, she's still going to whack out something amazing? Um, I don't I don't know. Yeah. And with competitions, it's, it's always the time will tell because you've got your 20 minutes to make an impression. And if you get your 10 out of 10 then, but it soon discovers over a two and a half hour. <laughs> that's all you've got. You've just got 20 minutes. Over yeah. a, a season, you can't you can't fulfill it. Then that's kind of how you get found out, I suppose. It's a very different uh, setup for sure than, yeah. than singing a full opera. And look, you know, you've season. said, you know, that idea, you know, we, we, we kind of want the, 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 the moon on a string. But the idea of having a, this is supposed to be the world's very best highest level competition this is supposed to unearth those people and look sometimes you don't um but you're kind of looking at the people that they have found in the past we have had those artists you know people like dimitri vorosovsky karita matilla and um, my personal favorite probably singer in the world jamie barton yeah, yeah six six years ago you know they have consistently been able to find them and look this year we might we might not yeah but the whole point of this is that can we find that absolute kind of once-in-a-generation sort of artist. Um, I suppose Saturday is when we'll really discover if we might have our hands on 
on one of them. Sure. I uh, There are other singers in the competition that I'm aware of that I think would have fulfilled that brief. But, you know, that's that's the joy of these competitions. We are, you know, we can differ and we will see what Saturday brings. Yeah. But basically, we want we want to bring back Katie. Basically, we do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but congratulations. A, a, a fascinating heat a fascinating decision and, and I, I kind of hope you agree a really interesting conversation about the different artists and what they really what interesting they bring. yeah absolutely they all brought very different things to the table so it was it was a fascinating evening of uh, entertainment so congratulations to Suyun and uh, to Guadeloupe. We will see them on Saturday. If you're um, kind of lost for what to do over the next couple of days whilst you wait for the final, don't forget that tomorrow is the final of the song prize. That's seven o'clock on Radio 3 and then 10 o'clock on BBC4. Uh, Ming J. Lee, Sun Yun Lee, Andre Kimak, uh, who are also in the main prize final or in the uh, song prize final alongside Roman Arndt and Angrad Lydon, the Welsh entrant as well. Uh, Lorna, thank you very much indeed for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been fascinating. I hope you, dear listener, have enjoyed the past few days. Um, do let us know what you've thought about the competition and about our episodes. Info operacast.co.uk, Twitter at operacastpod, Facebook and Instagram at operacast. And we will see you very soon for the final of BBC Cardiff Singer of the World. To play us out... Here is today's winner, Soon Yun Lee, the soprano from South Korea. <laughs>